Well, good morning. Uh, welcome back. Uh, lots of great things going on, as you can see, uh, in our uh, church and in the body of our church. Uh, and we're truly excited about uh, what God is doing. Um, I have a word that I want to share with you today. It's simply called glory. Glory. Uh, God calls you and I to give him glory. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 10 31, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul writes, whatever you do and whatever you eat and, and whatever it is, do it for uh, the glory of God. And so I want us as a church and as children of God of this world to be reminded this morning that he shares his glory uh, with no one. Um, I would like to jump right into our text, which we can be found in Matthew. It's in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 1 uh, through 8 and then verses 16 uh, through 18. Read it along with me. It says, Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your hand, left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who, has, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they will be heard because of their many words. Verse 16. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, what they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put on oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to man that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let's pray. Father, we ask today, God, that you uh, would be with us. Uh, God, we pray, Father, that your uh, presence, even in our homes this morning, God, in our living rooms, Lord, wherever we're at, God, uh, that your presence would be with us, Lord. We pray over this message, Lord. We pray over this time. We pray over this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So I'm amazed as we read through those passages and we read through those verses, I'm amazed at how much uh, I see these very things that Matthew is talking about uh, in the life of the church. And it ought not to be so. We ought to be the ones who are setting the examples and uh, modeling how to be humble, uh, how to check your motives, how to check, how to, how to shift God's glory to him and everything that you and I do. 
Uh, in verse 1, Matthew writes, Be careful not to practice righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. And if you do, he says, you'll have no reward uh, from your Father in heaven. And now if you were to look back about 30 verses, Jesus says something interesting and actually something that may, uh, on the surface, seem contradictory to what he is saying here uh, in verse 1. In chapter 5, verse 16, uh, Matthew writes, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give God glory to your Father who is in heaven. So, okay, so here you see, here you're saying, he's saying, let our light shine and do our deeds before men. And now, and then now here, 30 verses later, he's saying, be careful not to do your deeds in front of others, to practice righteousness in front of others. So when we look at those, we, we may ask the question, which is it? So then 10 of these passages are different. In chapter 5, verse 16, before he says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify God, uh, your Father in heaven, rather, he was specifically talking about loving your enemies. He had just talked to them about loving your enemies, showing them that you, your love that you show for them allows them to see God through you. And in return, they would turn and give God glory for what they had witnessed in your life. So here's, here's the intent. Scholars argue is that, that the intent of the two are vastly different. So what can, we, what can we learn just from that verse alone? That's really what we want to know, right? What is it that can we learn? I love what uh, Kevin Bloomberg says this. He says, that which is done solely or primarily for personal honor or personal gain may accomplish this, its objective, but God will grant no further reward. See, so we have to look at our motives of why we do things. Um, I've had several opportunities in the last um, month or two um, that I'm really excited about. But I sort of paused and I declined some of them. Why? Because uh, they, you know, they word it like this. Uh, we want to do this with you. We want to um, honor you. We want to uh, interview you. Well, that's great. But the purpose, uh, I had to look at my purpose of doing things. But what is my purpose behind doing them? Does, does, it, does it give God glory? Uh, does it help his church, which I'm called uh, to help lead? Um, so, at, so I had to think about things like that. And sometimes in your life, you have to think through things like that. Does it bring God glory or does it bring, and you say your name, glory? Does it bring God glory or does it bring Jason glory? So as we move into verses two through four, we get a clearer picture of what exactly uh, Matthew was trying to get across. He writes, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. And then he says, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored uh, by others. And I read that and I think, wow, he calls people who do this hypocrites. That's, that's a big word. That's a that's a big statement, if you, I think you would agree. He writes, truly I tell you, they have received their reward uh, in full. Think about the implications of that. A full reward. They are not yet with God, but they get their full reward. They will receive their full reward, right? He's talking about on earth and also in heaven. 
He writes, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing so that your giving may be in secret. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit uh, about that. But then he says, he says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's a lot in those two verses. It's a lot. The first thing I notice is that he calls those who give to the needy and announce it hypocrites, right? Again, that's a big word. So first, let us think about what giving to the needy to be honored uh, looks like. Then we'll talk about how that can turn into hypocrisy. So today that would be like donors of, um, of institutions or nonprofits announcing that they're giving a, a certain amount to a cause or a celebrity who comes out and says they're giving a certain amount to uh, the relief, uh, a disaster relief fund. It becomes about profits. It becomes about marketing. It becomes about uh, building a brand or building their brand rather than the mission and the vision and the uh organization of the organization or the person sets out to do, right? So it's, it becomes more about them and what they're doing and what they're trying to build rather than the mission and vision of the organization or in our case of God's church. So let's bring it even a little bit closer to home. In our lives, it may be that someone mentions uh, a member of our congregation is struggling and uh, we have given to them. So we may be tempted to say, oh yes, I, I'm familiar with their situation. Uh, I just paid their rent, or I just took care of their utilities, um, or I just slipped them a, a grocery card. Or even within our own context and our extended families, this, is, this could kind of uh, come off even more as, as arrogant. It can get really personal, right? Uh, we tend to be more vocal with family. So we may say something like, if it were not for me giving them this, uh, if it were not for me giving them that, uh, they would not have made it or they wouldn't have been able to get through what they went through. For others, it may be a little bit more subtle. It may be in casual conversation with others that you're continuously mentioning the things that you have done for people. It, you're not saying, look, Look how God has put this in my hand and allowed me to bless this person or allowed me to bless that person. Uh, you're making it a point to let everyone know who will listen to you that you did this great thing for a person or for several people. Not realizing, not remembering that God was the one that provided the resources for you to be in a position to do the deeds that you're doing for others. Now, if we operate like this, the Bible is clear. We will have had our reward in full. I, I, I like what Craig Bloomberg writes. He says, to give for the sake of looking good to others, like those who give to be seen by men, have forfeited their eternal reward and their joy as well in exchange for temporal recognition and renown by mere people. So he says, when you give, don't do as the hypocrites do. Now, if we turn to chapter uh, to Mark chapter seven with me, uh, right around verse six, Jesus calls those who uh, who gave and made this huge ordeal about it hypocrites. He says, he says, we know that. He says, and we just read that in our passage, right? But listen to what he says in this verse. He says to them in Mark uh, chapter seven, verse six. He says. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. 
As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts, listen to this, but their hearts are far from me. Do you see that? See, we say a lot of things, and many of them sound wonderful. Many, but, but many of our words are what, we, uh, what they used to call lip service, right? Uh, our hearts are not in sync with God and his will, uh, nor his ways sometimes. Instead, we're all about our will and our way and the way that we want to do things and the things we want to accomplish, right? So this verse speaks to me and it confirms for me that this passage is talking about a heart issue when it comes to God's glory. See, godliness must be found in the heart in order for it to be genuine on any level. And out of the heart, as we know, flows worship. And the worship is to the one who is to get all of the glory. Listen to what uh, this author says. His name is Derek Thompson. He says, the one who prays more in public than in private or only gives, gives at special events when they're likely to be thanked for it or practices spiritual disciplines and lets everyone know just how difficult a spiritual routine one keeps is more concerned about the outward appearance than a heart relationship with Jesus. That, that's one of the reasons why I believe in 1 Samuel 16, 7, when Samuel was looking to anoint the next king, he looked at Jesse's sons and he began to choose and God said, don't consider his appearance now. Those looks can be deceiving, in other words. Don't worry about his height or his good looks or any of that. The Lord says, don't look at those things that people look at, but I want you to look at the heart because that's what I care about. It's a heart issue. Is your heart today, abundant life, turned towards Jesus, lifted up towards him, or is it sort of just set on you and set on yours? See, God only gets the glory when the heart is in the right place. When our intentions are for him to get all the glory, that's where we should be. Now listen, giving, giving in secret helps us. Uh, when people try to judge us or compare us, uh, compare themselves to us or, or envy us for some reason or another, uh, we must be mindful that we're not doing things to be seen because people are watching. And, and uh, giving will be rewarded when it is done with the right motives, right? And with the right intentions, that we, as we just said. So wanting to be seen causes, causes all kinds of issues if you want to be seen, but there's a place for it. There, if you want to be seen, right, it causes issues such as judgment or uh, competitiveness among believers. It puts us into categories, which God never intended for us to do. Uh, God does not judge what we do and what we give and how we pray based on men, but he bases it on his knowledge, his word, and our hearts. Now, let me, get, uh, let me be really clear for those of you who are thinking about passages where uh, maybe perhaps the opposite happened. Uh, the Bible has plenty of places where giving was announced. Uh, amounts were given. People were recognized by what they had done. But in those situations, they were honoring God and they were projecting the glory to him. See, we see this with Jesus himself. 
Jesus many times spoke of the generosity of others. In Mark 12, he publicly announced how the, the widow gave her last um, two coins. She, she was not known up until that time. He made her known through her, her sacrificial giving. Uh, and he took away all of her anonymity. anonymity. And she, 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 she pretty much at that point was unknown, but, but uh, God made her known in, in Mark 12. In Matthew 26, Jesus publicly announced the, the generosity of the woman who anointed him with the, the alabaster oil, right? He said in that verse, uh, truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached in this world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Several other places, uh, he spoke about the giving um, with Zacchaeus and with the Macedonian churches. In fact, even with the Philippian uh, churches. So as it goes for giving, so it goes for praying. Uh, but in those instances, what we did notice about in those three instances that we just talked about, what we did notice about that before we talk about praying uh, is that they all did it for God's glory. See, God said that wherever this story is told, or wherever the gospel's preached, what she has done is going to be uh, told in memory of her, not because, because she wasn't doing things that were for her and benefited just her but it was for God and it was for his church, it was for the people around her. So let's look at verses five through eight when we think about giving. He says, when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen of others. Truly I tell you, he says, they have received their reward in full. So when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Not you have a chance of being rewarded. He says, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, right? But don't keep going on and on just so people can hear you, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask them. So at some point, you're praying more for other people to hear you rather than for God to hear you, who already knows your needs, not that we don't need to tell him, even though he already knows, but we ought to do it in a way that is authentic and from our hearts. The same way some people give to be seen, they can pray so that they are seen as well. So God does not want us to be attention seekers. Some people are attention seekers by nature. Uh, for some, perhaps they didn't have a parent or parents who gave them attention. They were either uh, ignored or half listened to most of their lives. So they're constantly looking for it uh, in relationships. Or if they did have uh, that parent who gave them attention, they made them feel like nothing else in the world mattered but them, which might have been fine when they were little. But as adults, that makes for a person who wants the attention on them all the time. And when it's on others, they do things like give and pray and fast to be seen. It seems honorable, but really it's all about them. And you have to ask yourself, and I have to ask myself, who's getting the glory? Our prayers do not have to be consumed with many words, but if they are, and I think there's a place for that, 
Um, you don't want to stop praying if God is placing words on your heart, right? So you want to continue praying uh, in the spirit. However, it should, it should be to further his kingdom. It should be to further his kingdom and not ours. In a place like the Bay, some people get those two things confused. So let's run over real quick to verses 16 through 18 so we can sort of bring this to a close. In verses 16 through 18, it reads, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret again will reward you. So what are the themes that we're seeing here? Don't do it for attention. Do it in secret if it makes sense. Give God the glory. After all, it's all his anyways. And then the pending and nagging question many of you are probably have thought about in the last 25 minutes is how do we know when to do it in secret and when it's okay to do it in public? Well, when we give and when we pray and when we fast, how do we know when and where uh, doing it for God's, when and where if we're doing it for God's glory or for our own? So I would say two things, and I'm going to leave you with these two things today. The first is, we always operate out of love. So why do we feed the homeless? Uh, why do we give to the person at the freeway exit? Why do we help our elderly neighbor carry their bags to the car? Why do we slip a family that's out of work, cash, or a check in an envelope? Why do we pray for others at, after church? It is to please God. It is to meet a need. And it is because of our love for people and for our Savior. And our love for people comes from our love from the Savior, for our Savior. Second is this, and I'll end here. Uh, there's a quote that I want to leave with you, and I'll close with it. It is a quote. It's by a, a man named A.B. Bruce. He's a Scottish professor and theologian um, back in the 1800s. He said this when talking about when, how, and if we should show our deeds publicly. He wrote this, and it's very simple, easy to remember. Show when you're tempted to hide, and hide when you're tempted to show. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for the word of God this morning, Lord, uh, that everything we do, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, that everything we do when we eat, when we drink, when we go about our days, Lord, we ought to do it for the glory of God because it is in you and through you, Lord, and about you in which we live. So God, today I pray, Father, that we would be men and women and children, Lord, who operate out of a sense that all glory goes to you. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us to do this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, God bless you, everyone. Uh, I just want to say to you, if you are listening to this message 
and you have not given your life to Christ, if you have not, you would not call yourself a Christian, um, we want to be a part of that process of you exploring what that would be, be like. Or if you know that you want to become a Christ follower, please contact us uh, through our website. There are plenty of channels on there in which you can uh, contact us. And we would love to pray with you. We would love to even talk with you um, over the phone um, if you would like to give your life to Christ. And we can walk you through that and help you get planted wherever it is that you're listening to this at. So God bless you, everybody. Hope to see you soon. Remember, next Sunday, uh, November the 12th, we will be together uh, at 10 a.m. In our, in, on our on-site uh, services. God bless you. Have a great day.